Tell me your sailor's story. I remember the first time I stepped foot on a naval vessel, the USS Mitcher, DDG-57. I've got a lot of respect for my brothers and sisters in the fleet. If you're an airman, coast guardsman, or Marines Marine, tell me your story. Why? I really want to hear how you reflect on your path from then to now, and what made the difference. Me, I had a pilot's license before I had a driver's license. But that was thanks to my Army JROTC program. So what pebbles in life paved your way to milestones? On to the list. The 10 ideas that will help you navigate the common practices of life that I hope serve you well. Number one, a human receives two educations, the one given to them and the one they give themselves. Demand the best of both. Number two, everything worth having is absolutely free. So be careful of those who will monetize your love, your health, and your knowledge. The price will always be more than you can pay. Number three, love is the answer. Translating the question so all can understand, that's the problem, literally or figuratively. Five love languages or in a foreign language, liba, amor, hubu. <laughs> Number four, health is a trinity of mind, body, and spirit and wealth is the karma of what you do with them. Pursuing the monetize while neglecting the free things in life will leave you poor, sick, and lonely. Number five, knowledge is power, and with power comes great responsibility. Demand the most of those responsible for the knowledge transfer, because with them lies the power. Number six, everything is a mirror. Look for beauty, and beauty is what you will find. Look for flaws, and flaws are what you will find. So look long and look deep. Number seven, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's you. Look long and look deep. Number eight, paying it forward is as important as saving for a rainy day. The investment you make in others pays in perpetuity. Number nine, truth, facts, and principles are constants that change. So never be so tied to constants that you can't change. And number 10, the list of life is never complete. Start making a list today cross things off, celebrate, and then make another list. The key is never skipping the celebration. This month, Team Navy's joining us, sharing words of wisdom from life afloat and ashore. Take a listen. So I'd like to welcome Captain Maurice A. Buford, chaplain to the third lieutenant. Commander Buford is a 1993 graduate of Tuskegee University with a Bachelor's of Science in Sociology. In 1997, he received his Master of Divinity from the Interdenominational Theological Center. In 2006, Dr. Buford earned a Doctorate of Ministry with a focus in pastoral care and counseling. And in 2012, he received his PhD in Organizational Leadership from Regent University. Captain Buford was ordained in the African Methodist Episcopal Church at the age of 21. His military assignments included serving in the command chaplain at the Naval Hospital Station Roosevelt Roads, Puerto Rico, command chaplain, 1st Marines, 1st Division, Camp Pendleton, staff chaplain, Naval Station Rotoa, Spain, and the Marine Corps University and Basic School in Quantico, Virginia. Captain Buford, welcome to the Third Lieutenant Podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for making the time. I feel like it's been not a long day. It's It's been a long week. It seems like the year has thrown everything at us, but the kitchen mm. sink. 
right. Understood. Many times, service members look to their chaplain and staff for guidance. We share our doubts. We share our fears. I read your bio, and I know that wasn't everything, but I really want to know, what is your sailor's story? That's a good question. I appreciate it. Again, this is this is a privilege and an honor to be here, have this conversation. So, who who am I? What what is what is my story? Well, you know, I did not, and I repeat, I did not grow up, if you would, in a a very religious household. You know, it wasn't until later where the door opened up, and I received a football scholarship at this place called Tuskegee University. It was there coming back from a, a football practice. And I came home to my dorm and the TV set was, was on. It was 1991. And when I walked in the room, the uh, Gulf War was playing out. So my, my initial impression was to call home and inquire about my brother, Jamie. Jamie was a Marine, as they say, once a Marine, always a Marine. And I asked my dad, I said, hey, Pop, is, is Jamie over there? And he said, actually, he, he is. The next day, I, I, I called my dad and I said, do you have a good number or address where I can call or, you know, reach out to him? You know, not really knowing about the military context. And he did give me an address. Long story short, I began to write to him. And he responded back. You know, my brother, he's a all-American wrestler, if you would. If you see him, he is a Marine, a Marine's Marine. And he wrote back and he talked about two people. He talked about the courage of, of the uh, dock. Um, I later learned it was the corpsman, but the courage of the dock. But he also talked about the inspiration of the chaplain. Now, I was 21 years old and I had no clue what, what is a chaplain and, and you know, uh, who is a dock. I kind of understood that. But the more we correspond, my brother just really lifted up this, this chaplain. And I remember saying to God, reading the third letter, and he said that the chaplain, as he was getting ready to, no kidding, engage, he said that this chaplain was getting ready to baptize him in the desert. Now, for me to hear that from my brother, who I still hold up on a high pedestal, it was remarkable. I made a vow to God in 1991. I said, God, I don't know what a chaplain is, but if you protect my brother, if you bring him back home safely, I will I will go and avail myself as a chaplain. Keep in mind, I had no clue of what a chaplain was. Well, be careful what you ask for. So the good Lord not only brought my brother back home safely, he's now actively in the ministry. And the door opened up for me to become a Navy chaplain. And I went back to the same battalion in which he served and went back to Iraq. So briefly, that's my story. Wow. The fleet is fortunate. The fleet is fortunate, sir. I thank you. I thank you. It's it's a call for me, right? It's 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 a call. And there's a difference. I, I do a lot of mentoring with young people trying to understand is this for you? And I my my recommendation to them is you can do more harm than good if you're not called, right? And a call is a divine summation from heaven to do something you were designed, purposed from the foundation of the earth to do, much like what you're doing with this podcast, right? And so if we play out of position, we can do more harm than good. But when we are in position, 
that's when things flow doors open up if you would the super comes on our natural and god really does what he does the flow yes that's powerful yes and even those that don't practice the faith that you practice can understand what it is to flow with the environment the universe around you absolutely it's it's you know let's take it practically I mean, let's take it you know again I'm, I'm a sports guy again i played sports all my life you know it's the equivalent i played point guard basketball it's the equivalent of me trying to play center in a major game right I and mean, i have to check if you would a Shaquille O'Neal well i may i may be in the game but i won't flow well i play out of position but if you put me in position if you put me in my strength zone if you put me where i was gifted and trained and and ready to engage then you will see something happen we rarely stop and, and look up in the, in the air every now and then i do but we rarely stop and and behold a bird in flight right that bird in that moment is doing what they were designed to do flowing right and so if we can remove barriers if we can help people understand what is their flow what is their call whatever you want to call it that's where things can happen. I said it's be quiet. I heard the statistic. I don't know how true it is, but it sounds about right. Someone said, of all the people who walk this planet, only 20, two zero, 20 walk in their purpose. The other 80% do what they have to do. Think about that. If that number is true, imagine how much we are not benefiting how many people are not operating at their next level ability and what do we need to do to help the 80 if that number is true to go to the next level well that's what i see myself doing as a chaplain in the context of the united states navy but also just as a citizen in these united states of america and your role is so important as you stand amongst Marines and sailors they look to you. Me, I'm an army brat. Both parents served. My mother aviation, my father was an infantryman, 11 Bravo hook. I, re- <laughs> I remember that in order to be stationed near each other, they extended overseas multiple times and it resulted in over 7 years in Germany. on Sunday mornings they would dress me and my little sister up and they'd send us off to church service. Mm. True story. When we returned back to the states, I remember my peers in high school asking me my denomination. Mm. I didn't know what that was. I said I'm a Christian. It was truly a one team one fight situation. What do you say to those that you are that you feel compelled to deliver a message to who don't look through the lens of religion. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, uh, my message is this. The worst thing in life is not death, but it's a life without purpose. It's getting up every morning, going to work, coming back home and not having a clue why you're alive. I say to those people the worst the biggest crook in the world is not necessarily incarcerated in in prison, but is in a grave. Cuz in the grave people have taken to cure the cancer this perhaps to cure the covid-19 there's some books there's some presidents there and so i say to them regardless of where you come from 
the question is, what is your purpose? And my assignment is to try to push people, provoke people, spur people, inspire people to find their purpose. When that happens, without even trying, you begin to take folk to the next level. You take organizations to the next level. You create Dr. Kings, right? You create the game changers that this world knows to this day. So what I say to them, I come alongside them. If a person has faith or no faith, they all, it seems from my perspective, they all long to understand their purpose and not only understand their purpose, trying to make the space. And oftentimes what I find out, I'm still finding out, is that the biggest hurdle to our purpose is ourselves sometimes, right? Getting out of our own way to understand what our purpose is and having the courage to pursue that purpose. Not a lot of people have that courage, but that's that'll be my answer. Mm. So I agree with you. I believe that um, when you know better, you do better is what they say, right? Yes. And I also believe that a man has two educations, the one given to him and the one he gives himself. Mm. One of the amazing things about the flow that you talked about is not putting up resistance. There's something that in just searching, doing some research about you, I uh, gleaned spiritual fitness. Tell mm. me about that. Yeah. Well, you know, one can argue there's a difference between being religious being spiritual. Well, spiritual has different dynamics, if you would. You know, I am a, a Christian and, and, you know, I don't, I don't apologize for that. And, you know, from a Christian perspective, being spiritually fit is all about me being aligned in God's will. But practically speaking, spiritual fit, in fact, I just had this conversation with somebody today. Spiritual fit means walking in love for someone practically. How are you loving others? It's interesting though, there was a study I, I remember reviewing some time back. And in this study, they asked a certain sample of clinical psychologists and they asked them, I know this is a difficult question, but if you had to give someone a piece of advice who you know was not depressed, but really um, teetering on that door, what advice would you give them? And some 80% of that sample said this. They would encourage them to go forth and go serve someone else. And they said, it's in the serving of others that you begin to understand just how fortunate you are. And there, and it's in the serving of others that you understand that, that there's some hope. So to me, spiritual fitness is about love. It's about serving humanity. It's about doing what, here's the word again, is is walking in our purpose, right? You know, it's interesting. We are very intentional with dressing our bodies, feeding our bodies. But for whatever reason, we somewhat forget that spiritual element. And particularly in today's context, right? In the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the different unrest, in the midst of just life itself. There seems to be, in my humble opinion, there seems to be a demand signal to go beyond the material, to go beyond riches and power and all the things that we, quote unquote, are hypnotized about what makes us happy. 
And there's a new demand signal to not only just go for happiness, which is an external dynamic, but to go for joy and joy is something internal. So that, my friend, is what being spiritually fit about. It's, it's about going internal and understanding your why and boldly pursuing it. Mm. I, I think that there are those facets of each person or being, and, and you hit on the head and the heart and the mind and the body and the spirit. Looking at education and not, not just how it has equipped you to be a communicator, to be a critical thinker, to think through how you need to approach each and every individual. How has your educational journey from your bachelor's degree to a PhD, what does that look like and, and why is that important? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, you know, I'm a first generation. I'm a first generation by God's grace to make it to college. And in fact, I'll be transparent in eighth grade um, I won't, you know, bore you with all the details, but in eighth we want grade, the details, Chaplain. Uh, so you you want the details, okay? <laughs> the details. All right. So so in eighth grade, I remember because um, I too am a military brat, Air Force. My dad was stationed overseas. I'm the youngest of seven, and you know, God rest my mom's soul. She did the best what she had right i know and i have one now and god and i understand now mom god knows I <laughs> but being as it may you know i really you know seventh eighth grade i really wasn't education i was just really trying to fit in be cool if you would right and because of several factors one factor would be perhaps i just didn't care and the other factor in retrospect i don't think the teachers cared either right and because of this mutual you know, disregard for, you know, either educating and me being interested in being educated. I was placed in what they call slow learning development classes, SLD, right? And I remember vividly goofing off and one of my best friends, I won't call his name on this, on this interview, he and I was just goofing off and it consequently, you know, got me in trouble and I had to go to the principal's office. Well, it just so happened that this principal, I will call his name because he's he's in heaven now. His name was Dr. Clinton Wright. He happened to be the first African-American principal at this school. And I entered his, his office and um, he gave me, he changed my paradigm to do it that way. He said to me, young man, you will not embarrass yourself. And I'm giving you the PG-13 version here. Um, you will not embarrass yourself. You will not embarrass this school and you will not embarrass me. Do you understand? He pointed toward the left side of his room and on the left side of his room, there was a road. After he began to you know, give me some fatherly love, and this is the polite version here. He said, the next time I see you, you better have one of these around your accredited uh, to you, which was a doctoral road. This is in the eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. He said, oh, by the way, I'm pulling you out of all those SLD classes. And this is what he said. He says, you're better than that. You're better than that. I went home that night and those words and, and his fatherly you know, counsel 
it, it, something clicked in me. I immediately went from SLD to the honor roll. And that turned on the switch to this thought that education, because we didn't have money, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of stuff, that education is the ticket up and out. Education was the ticket up and out. And I began to apply myself. And my parents didn't have the money, so I tried to work hard and earn a football scholarship at Tuskegee University. And it was on that ground at Tuskegee that I saw a statue of Booker T. Washington. It's called The Veil. I would encourage you to look that up. It's called The Veil. And as soon as you enter Tuskegee University, you see a picture of, or a statue of Booker T. Washington unveiling the sight of a slave. And it's called the veil. And, and the symbolism is this. For the first time, this slave, because of the tool called education, was able to see. That really resonated with me. Along the way, I began to understand there's two types of knowledge, if you would. There is there's academic knowledge. And then there is, as we alluded to before, there's spiritual knowledge, right? And so I began to apply myself and I studied. And I felt the Lord leading me into the ministry. I just told you about the 1991 incident and, and, and God began to pull me into the ministry full time. From there, I went to a school called the International Theological Center and I began to matriculate. And I wrap it up by saying this you know, to answer your good question. Someone said it this way, that God's gift to humanity is potential. But our gift back to God is what we do with that potential. And so I am not gifted in other areas. But one thing I believe God has given me is a mind. And I believe my gift back to God is to develop my mind, to, to think critically, not for selfish reasons, but for the benefit of humanity for the benefit of ministry in my context, for the benefit of the command. And yes, I would dare to say even the nation. And so my journey with education, there's a positive correlation between education and going up and out. And I will, I will say this also, don't allow anybody to label you like they labeled me as an SLD. So by God's grace and with the right mentorship, I went from SLD to a PhD. Only mm. God can do that. It's all about uh, what you do with those talents in a, yes. in a roundabout way. Yes. That's amazing. So, Chaplain, so far, what is the highlight experience of your career? Yeah, thank you for that question. So, uh, and I got to be honest, there were three times in my 20, now two years, that I've been really excited, right? The first time you know, coming into the military. The second time was seeing the unity of effort at the 9-11. And the third time is now. And the reason, the reason now, as you know, we, the country witnessed the murder, unfortunately, of, of Mr. Floyd. In response to that, the Navy has stood up what we call task force one navy and i have the honor of serving on this task force to try to understand how to level the playing field for all who serve 
our country from the platform of the Navy. And so the CNO is leading the way. And I'm, I'm just excited about we understand and we're, and we're getting our arms around the fact that, if you would, inclusion and diversity is a readiness issue. It brings value added to the fleet. Inclusion and diversity, it really is a moral issue, right? I mean, the sentiments of Abraham Lincoln, he said it this way. He said that right makes might. And so inclusion and, and diversity is a, a force multiplier. Studies have shown time and time again that when you have diversity of thought, diversity of perspective, you make sounder and wiser decisions. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about what Navy is doing. I'm excited about uh, what's around the corner. And the sentiments of one of my mentors, the best is yet to come. Well, I think that's an amazing initiative. And it sounds as though it's not just, it's not just gum flapping. It, <laughs> I, I went to my Southern roots there. It, <laughs> it really sounds like it's with intention. Yes. And I would encourage you, sir, eighth grade Maurice. Yes. 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 Start early, mm. start early, get them young, get them in JROTC make their relationship with their uniform and their force, whether it be the fleet or whether it be the army, make it one where the organization is serving the warfighter, every warfighter. Well said, well said. In a roundabout way. Yes. That's amazing. So I, you know, I thought I was going to, to pull, pull one out of my, my back pocket and ask you, how will you respond when history calls your name? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I know, sir. <laughs> I think I know. So before I let you go, you mentioned basketball. You mentioned a lot of references to athletics. Where do you stand Army, Navy? Do you have a, um, do you have any skin in the game? <laughs> it need you ask that question. Uh, Navy all day. Uh, Army is a <laughs> It's a pretty good school, and I respect the Army, but, you know, hey, the Navy is the way to go. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Maurice A. Buford, Chaplain, thank you for being a guest on The Third Lieutenant. Thank you. It's an honor. Bravo Zulu, Chaplain, and thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe and comment wherever you listen to your podcast. And reach out if you'd like to share on Twitter at 3LT Strickland. That is at 3LT Strickland. Next month, join me as we meet another service member right here on The Third Lieutenant. This message has been brought to you by a man's cave, a spa for men pop-up. If you're experiencing a crisis or have a friend or family member in crisis, call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Press the number one for the military crisis line or text to 838255. I say again, 838255. From our friends at A Man's Cave, Spa for Men pop-up. Until next time, stay balanced and walk in peace. <laughs>